Hi, Phil here from Soul Impact. In Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 5, beginning at verse verse 3, he takes the next 13 verses to talk about the relationship between widows, those women whose husbands had died, and their families and the church. There are cultural differences between the days of the early church, just as there are between cultures in the world today. So as we crawl our way through these verses, we need to be looking for principles that we ought to be applying in our own families and churches. Sometimes life just isn't fair. No, let me restate that. Often life isn't fair. Think about it this way. Every marriage will come to an end. No matter how good it is, it could end in a few different ways, but all marriages will end. In Canada today, about 40% of marriages end in divorce. I'm sure many more are ending in permanent separation, and I know that many of those who have divorces and separations experience more than one. But we're still left with the fact that the other 50% or so will also end with the death of the husband or the wife. Each time a marriage ends, it's a tragedy, one that is a result of sin in the world. Way back in the Old Testament, God laid out a plan for how to deal with life when it handed you lemons. It was a very different culture than ours. To put it simply, men ruled and women gained their lives through their relationships with men. But even then, it appears that the life expectancy of men was less than that of women. As a result, there were far more widows than widowers. If a man became a widower because his wife died, he could continue to support himself through his job, whatever it was. But typically, a widow who lost her husband would have no personal assets or employment. Some would have their own little business. Have a look at Proverbs 31. But many, and perhaps most, could become destitute. So God laid out a plan. Once a woman was welcomed into the family of her husband, if her husband died, she would remain the responsibility of his family. Even more specifically, it was the obligation of one of the unmarried men in the family to marry her and thus provide her support in every way. But it didn't always work out that way. Sometimes, for a variety of circumstances, the widow was left destitute, and that's what this passage in 1 Timothy is all about. I'm going to break this down, but it's good to first look at this big message that is in the passage. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Let's go to Acts chapter 6. The church is pretty new, and there are lots of people who've remained in Jerusalem following Pentecost to be part of this exciting new belief in the risen Jesus. Some of them are widows who traveled to Jerusalem for Pentecost, and now their resources are running out. Widows would have minimal income, typically, and few avenues to provide for their own financial needs. The Old Testament solution was for the family to care for the widows in their family, as we see in the life of Ruth and her kinsman redeemer, Boaz. The widows who had remained in Jerusalem here in Acts were apparently reaching the end of their financial rope, and they needed help. Luke tells us that in Acts 6, there were two groups of widows, Jewish widows, and Hellenistic or Greek widows, who would have been God-fearing Gentiles who had followed the Jewish law, come to celebrate Passover, and had remained. 
Apparently, the Jewish widows were being cared for while the Gentile widows were being overlooked. When confronted with this uncomfortable truth, the apostles delegated the responsibility to the disciples. It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Acts 6, 2-4. In other words, this is important and we need people, the right people, to look after the problem. As a result, the Greek widows were looked after, but the spreading of the gospel didn't miss a beat. A good measure is always to look at how the weakest and most vulnerable among us are cared for. In Canada these days, we're looking at how Native children were dealt with for decades in residential schools with the discovery of hundreds, if not thousands, of bodies buried around these residential schools. We look at a complete lack of abortion laws in Canada. There are none. And at the fight taking place in the U.S. when Texas passes a law that says abortion is illegal if there's a discernible heartbeat, while Virginia, I think, says any time up to birth is fine, and even if the baby is left to die immediately after birth, that's okay too. On the other end of the scale, euthanasia is now commonplace in Canada with the MAID law, medical assistance in dying, for anyone who is seeking to end their lives, especially the elderly, but not exclusively. The original exclusion for those with mental illness was removed earlier this year. Mental health doesn't seem to be of great importance in doctor-assisted suicide. As a society, we have a lot to answer for. Love your neighbor as yourself.